So this morning is our last full day together. And those of you who weren't aware of that get extra points for being in the present moment and not counting days. And so at this time of the retreat, we get to what is the culmination of this practice of metta, of well-wishing, where we open the heart to radiate metta in all directions to all kinds of beings. In an ideal practice situation, we would be able to take as long as we needed with each category to develop a sense of metta and kindness. Could be days, could be weeks, could even be months perhaps. And as you develop metta for one category, the early categories that are said to be the easiest, you then take as long as you need to build the subsequent category up to that level of metta. We're not in that ideal practice situation, so we move forward day by day um, because we really feel it's helpful to give people a sense of the whole expanse of this practice and hope that it's an invitation for you to continue the practice when you leave and develop the areas of it that you feel will be most uh, beneficial for you and to have a sense of the map of this landscape of metta and all of the Brahma-viharas. So in uh, radiating metta to all beings, it's both a wonderful practice, in some ways it's, it's easy because it's diffuse, and there's just this open-ended uh, expression where we don't have to get too specific about particular people or relationships. But at the t- same time, it can be challenging because of the magnitude of that as a practice and can be easy to get lost or not feel connected. So really feel it's helpful as you do this practice to stay in touch with what's working for you. And within this breadth of all beings can sometimes really work to find individual beings, people, or human or non-human, to connect with, that the metta can land with, and use them as a, as a um, representative of that category. So I find using imagery and visualization can be really helpful in this practice to give that sense both of the vastness but also some specificity, some sense of the metta landing somewhere. So again, you can just play with that as you do this practice. It's of course this lovely evolution of the practice from beginning with ourselves and our sense of wanting the best for ourselves, our aspirations for happiness and well-being for ourselves, moving gradually out in these widening circles, the, the people who really impact us and then our dear friends, the neutral person, that interesting turning point where we go from those we're connected to to the ones we don't know, and then of course the difficult person that we did yesterday. In this category of all beings, they're all included as are all representatives, all examples of each one of those categories. So this is the time that you can bring in uh, the people that you haven't perhaps been had time to do or didn't include in the previous days. And it can be like, I, I, I call it the group photograph, where it's just everyone in those categories can be included. And just a sense of really radiating or showering Um, the metta feeling. It's what is talked about in the metta sutta as they 
you know, radiating kind with, uh, kindness over the entire world, spreading upwards to the skies and downwards to the depths, outward and unbounded, freed from hatred and ill will. It's just, just this sense of um, a magnani- magnanimity of expression. And it can seem a little overwhelming too. Who am I? You know, can I do this? Um, what, what, what does this mean? What's the actual experience like? Again, don't get too um, intellectual about this. Just this willingness to be open, to be vast, to be gentle in this practice, and that's all we need to do. There are a number of different ways that we can radiate metta to all beings. Again, in the sutta, it mentions a classic one with a kind of these categories of beings, often complementary, weak or strong, great or mighty, medium, short or small, seen and unseen, near and far away, born and to be born. It's a classic way you can do the metta for all beings. It's just finding these complementary pairs and wishing them well. But one that I like to do at this point of the retreat, um, find it helpful, is the other version, which is the radiating metta, a directional metta, where we go out in a little bit in concentric circles, but then in uh, going to the directions. In the formal metta practice, when you get to this point, and it takes, for most people, many weeks, I know it did for me, but you end up doing metta to 12 different categories of beings. And those of you that know the, the metta chant in Pali list those, sabe, sata, sabe, panna, all beings, all living beings, all those in existence, all, all males, all females, etc., etc. And you do the, those, uh, that, those, that list of 12 to the 10 directions with all four phrases. So it's 120 different categories with all four phrases. It's a long and involved practice. So we're just going to do a little subset of that today to give a a taste of what that might be like. And can really develop this feeling of centeredness, of groundedness, of being in this ever-expanding bubble or radiance of metta. And so it's important to stay connected as you do this, as you feel this sense of radiating, of expansion, of inclusiveness. And in this category of all beings, it's also why it's helpful to have a set of phrases that are fairly simple. Because, you know, we are going to be sending metta to beings human and non-human, seen and unseen in all different dimensions. And we need, you know, it's helpful to have a set of phrases that are appropriate to that. So just the simple ones often work really well. You know that every being wants to be safe wants to be happy, healthy, and at ease. So, again, you may need to um, choose some simpler phrases to have this practice really settle in. Okay, so, again, making sure you're sitting comfortably in a relaxed and connected way, inviting a sense of ease and balance in the posture, making sure your back is relatively straight and upright, yet allowing the body to relax and settle into stillness, 
using the breath to invite that sense of uprightness and alertness. And on the out-breath, the softening, the ease. Doing that short body scan that we often begin the sitting with. Where you allow various aspects of the body to soften and relax. The face and the jaw. The lips gently touching. Throat is relaxed. Shoulders are dropped. Chest and belly moving easily with the breath in and out. Shoulder blades just resting easily in the back. Lower back is relaxed. Letting the pelvic area just release into the sitting posture being held or the cushion chair. And making sure there's no unnecessary tension in the arms or the legs. And just being held gently in the posture that you have them in. So there's a real sense of connectedness to the aliveness of the body in this present moment. And this gentle attention is turned to a sense of kindness and gratitude to this body that allows us to practice whatever the struggles or challenges you may have had with the body You've been able to practice here intensively for this week. A real sense of appreciation for that possibility. And recognition of the goodness that's there in the heart, in every one of us. Just simply by expressing this wish to be more kind, accepting and loving towards ourselves and others. This is a supreme form of goodness that we're all exhibiting just by being here. So allowing a recognition and appreciation of that to be present, to be fully acknowledged. So from that place of appreciation our goodness, our kindness, whatever degree it's manifested in this week, beginning to say the phrases of metta towards yourself, bringing kindness and acceptance to this moment's experience just as it is. May I be safe.
May I be happy. May I be healthy. May I live with ease.
And now beginning to radiate the metta a little bit outwards to include the people sitting nearest to you, your sitting buddies that have practiced so diligently over this week. They've had their struggles of mind and body and heart, but are still here, still committed to this practice of loving-kindness. And so we know these people, just like us, have this commitment to becoming more kind, more accepting. Just those few people right around you, you probably don't know their names, but you know what color their shawl is, or how they sit. Just taking them in, in your heart's mind, and expressing the same feelings of metta that you did for yourself to these few people right around you. Already there might be some that are dear to you, some that are neutral, some might even be a little difficult, but all want the same things, to be happy, to not suffer. And then expanding a little further. It's just a kind of energetic loosening of the metta, letting it go a little, to include all of the yogis in the room and the teachers, everyone here who's practiced and supported you during this week, all wanting to be happy, safe, healthy, and at ease sharing this wish for well-being, allowing the metta to just gently expand and include this whole room of people. and expanding even further to include all of the Spirit Rock land 
that's held us so beautifully over this week of practice. All of the beings who inhabit it, live here and work here, human and non-human, who've made this week what it is for us. The staff who've supported us so beautifully, cooks and managers and the admin staff we don't see so much, down there working in their offices. And all the animals, the birds, that are so much part of our experience here. The lizards that you've become friends with, the turkeys and their babies, the deer, the bucks, the does and the bambies, the swallows and their babies, all wanting the same thing, wanting to take care of themselves, to be happy, to be peaceful. Sending the wishes of metta to all these different beings. Allowing little visual images of different beings to come into your mind and heart. The cooks in the kitchen, the lizards doing their little push-ups, the swallows flying around. Letting the heart get open and wide, inclusive. All beings sharing the same wish for happiness and ease. Now beginning to express the metta in the four directions, beginning with the east. East is basically the direction that most of you are facing behind the altar that we're sitting in front of. So again, just a sense of the metta opening up and radiating out in the easterly direction. It's kind of like Google Earth, you know, you just take off and fly. Imagine what's there. Towards the east, we get to parts of San Rafael and the freeway, and across to the East Bay. If you know that area, maybe specific places or people, animals that come to mind, and you can wish metta to them as you radiate out in the eastern direction towards the rising sun as you go out and further eastward across the great valley with all those farms and orchards 
into the Sierras and the animals, the bears and the coyotes, the deer who live there. Further east across this whole country, people in the Midwest are baking under a heat wave at the moment. As we sit here in our shawls and sweaters and just have some compassion for them. Further east, the East Coast, the millions of people who live there, all of the animals, just radiating wherever your heart wants to land with this, or just open and expansive in that general direction. All beings to the east, may they be happy, healthy and at ease. And then to the south, basically towards the right of most of you, the southerly direction. Again, this same sense of letting the metta swoop outwards in that direction, this energetic feeling radiating from your right-hand side to the southerly direction. Southern Marin, zooming over the Golden Gate into the city, Further south, the peninsula, Southern California, San Diego, and down into the South Americas. Everything that exists in that direction, wishing them well. Deserts and jungles, cities and countryside, human and non-human beings, all beings to the south. May they be safe and protected, happy and contented, healthy and at ease, being broad and spacious, just a general sense of radiating, or letting the metta land with specific beings, people, that you know, places that you know, the southerly direction, without exception, without limitation, outward and unbounded, free from hatred and ill will.
not getting lost in stories or too much visualization. Just staying steady and present with your own experience and this sense of kindness being opened up and radiating. And now heading to the west, the westerly direction, behind most of you, towards the setting sun, radiating out over this land, West Marin, Point Reyes, the Thule elk, the whales that are swimming by, the dolphins and seals, people that live in that area. And soon you get to the Pacific Ocean. All of the animals, fish and mammals of the oceans, the seals and the dolphins, the birds who live in the oceans, the pelicans and seagulls, small beings and large beings, swimming and floating, all wanting to be happy, safe and protected. Going further, you could include Hawaii, a place, the land of aloha. If you go further still, you hit Asia, Japan, who've had so much devastation and suffering these past months. Just opening up to including all of those beings, human and non-human, all different conditions, happy and sad, young and old, healthy and ill, in the metta, spacious, radiant, inclusive metta. And now to the north, to your left. Again, that energetic movement of the metta in the northerly direction. Sense of opening and including all of the beings, seen and unseen, near and far away, the northerly direction. The coast of California, Again, some of you may know these areas well. For others, it's just an expansive sense moving in the northerly direction. Sonoma and further up the coast, Oregon, Washington, Canada, Alaska, all of the beings, all different shapes and forms the polar bears and the walruses. 
the grizzly bears and the salmon, all looking for the same thing, wanting the same thing. To be protected and safe, happy and at ease. Letting the mind and heart just range in that direction, the northerly direction. And lastly, above and below. So we include all directions and all beings. People flying overhead in airplanes, passengers, pilots, the stewards, the birds and insects who fly over us, the creatures who live underground, small and large. May all beings above and below be safe and protected happy, healthy, and at ease. And for the last minutes of the meditation, just sitting here in the center of an expansive field of metta, letting it radiate in all the directions, front, behind, to the left, right, above and below, all beings without exception, in all shapes and forms, seen and unseen, known and unknown, near and far away, sharing in this wish for happiness, peace and safety.
So as much as you wish, today you can continue this practice of radiating metta in all directions. Again, just find the right balance, starting with wherever you're connecting easily, going through the other categories if that's helpful, but you don't need to, you know, just keep the practice fairly simple. And then whether you do the directions like we did now or some other method that you know for radiating the metta or just this sense of all beings can be a beautiful practice. If you find you get lost or too spacey, come back and get grounded with yourself or someone you can connect with quite clearly. So you can flow back and forth. And it's a lovely practice to do outdoors, to do either sitting or especially your walking meditation using all beings, where there's just this sense of the radiance actually you know, being very palpable. And then including anyone who, anyone or any being who crosses your path or your eye happens to see. You know, again, the, the lizards or the ants or the squirrels. Just say a phrase or a set of phrases for them and then just keep the practice going or whatever human happens to cross your path. So it can be quite a lovely, very open, spacious practice. Any questions about this practice or practice in general? Yes. Individual what? Trees. Oh, trees. Uh huh. And flowers. And didn't say a word about meditation. Uh huh. Okay. So the question is strong attachment to trees, and that the um, suggestions I gave weren't addressing that. It's fine for you to include that. The practice, as I understand it, is directed to sentient beings beings that are in, in a Buddhist view, the kind of karmic cycle of birth and rebirth. And again, in my understanding, vegetation isn't included in that. But it doesn't mean that there isn't a life force there that wants to protect itself. So if you are moved to include nature in its various forms, I think that's a beautiful thing to do. So I encourage you to do that. Yes. Mm. I felt like I was. I wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Have you heard that before? Has anyone had that experience before? A little sense of lightness or radiating? Yeah. Yes. So the comment is at the end, especially when it was just more open. The sense of lightness, it's definitely what can happen. I mean, both from just this sense of radiating, so we we become less solid. It's not me here sending it out, but just there's this emanation of metta, and we're just energy expressing that. But also, as the mind gets more concentrated, there are also factors that develop that also support that sense of uplift and lightness. And if you really develop that quality, it is what uh, is said to make allow people to levitate, 
said that people can. I haven't seen it myself, but I've felt that energy. Definitely, it's possible. And so again, it's a balance. It's not like we're doing that practice to get that high, but when it's there, using that sense of openness and spaciousness just to stay steady with that wish because having those two come together really allows the heart to be wide and spacious. Oh yeah, thank you. Yes. A formal gratitude practice. There isn't traditionally, as far as I know. Is there, James? No. And is there a phrase that you use? Mudita for self. So, guys, just saying mudita for self. Um, I guess, yes, a mudita for self. You know, may my happiness and good fortune continue, or may my happiness grow. I, I appreciate my happiness. a lovely practice to, to really feel it sincerely appreciate the blessings yes I know in the Pashalan's instructions you sometimes use a label and encourage to give about 80 or 90 percent of your focus is on the experience and 10 percent is on the label mm-hmm Metta and mindfulness, how to put them together. We'll talk more about this when we do our closing tomorrow morning about integrating and continuing uh, the practice. Um, but it's like anything. When you first start to do some any training you might have, it feels cumbersome and unwieldy, and you're kind of, where do my fingers go, and how do I, how do I hold my tongue kind of thing. But the more you do it, it just is a natural expression um, that happens very easily as you deepen the sense of metta. And especially after a week of practice like this, you'll find often that the phrases just come quite naturally. So if I'm doing metta uh, in the sort of day-to-day uh, things you're describing, it's a little different um, balancing than in the Vipassana where it's you know 5 or 10% with the, the sort of thought or recognition of what's happening and then, as you say, being mainly in the experience, I'm not so trying to track de- in a detailed way what I'm doing. It's just a general sense, just a very soft awareness. And so the metta can be going, that soft awareness can be going. It's not very precise or detailed. And it can come together quite easily and beautifully. And it's just a que- you know, that balance will change too. Sometimes you'll be more conscious of cultivating the metta and the metta feeling. Other times you'll be perhaps in the body and you know the metta is just kind of a, a, a shade in the background. And at times, of course, you'll lose it completely. You won't be aware of anything apart from your, rave, your mind raving on about stuff. But, um, you know, you go between all those possibilities. 
And, and the more you, if you have the intention, I think it, it just can develop quite naturally, this sense of, of kindness. It wasn't, isn't it Deepama when she was asked what, what was in her mind and she said something like, peace, concentration, and metta. So there's the, there's the bar we can uh, <laughs> aim for. And what it, wherever, we, wherever we are, we kind of work with that. Yes. Um, I have a question about Mudita. Mm-hmm. And um, it, that was a pretty challenging practice for me. Mm. Because it, it all, the Mudita I was generating seemed to be bittersweet. Mm. And um, I think, I mean, I recognize that there are pure joys, but so many joys also seem to come at a cost. Mm. Like, for instance, you know, with competition, like somebody wins and somebody loses, or, you know, I think of, like, the acquisition of material things, Mm -hmm. and, you know, there might be many people who feel joy when they get a really nice big car, but then maybe there's, um, there is a cost. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or, the one that came to mind most strongly was the when Osama bin Laden was killed and how there was such a kind of outpouring of joy and it just didn't seem something to join in on. So all of the... Mm-hmm. It, that, it was just complicated. Yeah. It's hard for me to find pure joy. Yeah. But this is a great exploration. She's just saying that Mudita was difficult because it seemed bittersweet and that every joy seemed to come at a cost. For example, someone having a big car means you know there's more pollution on the road and the resources and whatever else goes with that. Or Osama bin Laden being killed and how there was this eruption of joy and it was hard to join in on that. I would question whether that feeling that was being expressed was truly joy or joy in a pure form. And I think that's the point of what your exploration is that's really helpful. What is true happiness? And just because... You know, as I said, we have to have some degree of, or capacity to be happy at other people's happiness, but it doesn't mean we condone um, behavior that's really harmful or hurtful or you know, strongly unskillful. That, the wisdom piece has to be there as well, and that's part of this exploration. As we refine the understanding through looking at these different expressions of happiness, we come to see what for ourselves is really happiness. And that's the power of the practice. We can't change other people's relationship to their uh, acquisitions or experiences. But through our practice with that, we can actually refine and become more skillful and find a deeper and truer possibility of joy just through that contemplation and that practice. So that, for me, is the real purpose. It always comes back to our own heart and mind, and how these practices affect us. And then, of course, it does ripple out. But to keep remembering that it's not about, you know, condoning or saying, yes, you know, I'm, it's, you know, you can be happy at their happiness, not to begrudge them that, but not to lose the bigger picture, as you say, what's involved. Mainly as it impacts us, you know, not trying to control them in any overt way. But I think it's a great exploration, and just to sit with that's why it is a difficult practice. It's because of all of these different flavors that come through. 
Yeah, thank you. Okay, we need to end because there's a few announcements to make. Again, you probably have seen, I think the um, schedule is probably up already, that we change the schedule in the afternoon to take some time to integrate those of you that are leaving the retreat tomorrow. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.